Um, have you have you ever been to San- Bam? We're live. What's up, Brian? What's up? Good to see you. Long time no see. Great show this morning. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. Uh, the the fittest women in the world is a great topic. Yes. You're you're an expert in the fittest women in the world. Hmm. Is oh, that fair to cool. say? Yeah. At least at least at least you're an expert in in. Uh, well, I guess in the making of the fittest women, which would be like the training and, and, and nutritional lifestyle, you're an expert in the critiquing, um, uh, under you're understanding the complexities of, 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 of the competition that, that, uh, crowns those people. I shouldn't even use the word expert, uh, super student beyond expert above, above whatever's above expert expert is so, um, <clears throat> I mean, I went to a doctor. He's supposed to be an expert. He didn't even know what the fuck autophagy was. How can you not? How can you be an expert in medicine and not know what autophagy is in health? Trying to help me. I'm crazy. Hey, have you ever been to Cleveland? I have. Have you ever been to Philadelphia? <clears throat> I have. Have you ever been to Baltimore? I have. Have you ever been to Cincinnati? Yes. Um, the, the, those cities. Or, or, or um, uh, uh, what's the big city in Oklahoma? What's the big one? Um, Oklahoma City is one of them. Oh, it, it, maybe that is it. Is there a, what's the capital? Is it Oklahoma City? Oh, it starts with a T. It may be, uh, I can't remember. I don't know. My point well, is, is you go to these cities, uh, Tulsa. Oh, good job, Brian. That's pretty good. You, there are these cities or, or Pittsburgh. Have you been to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I've been. You know, I've actually driven my car to every state in the continental U.S. Oh, that's awesome! So I've been to a lot of cities. That's something you and I have in common. I did that one summer with my dad. I didn't do it all in one summer, um, which probably gives you even better perspective on it. Um, and 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 so when you grow up in California around a city like Oakland and Berkeley and San Francisco, it's like really hard to, to top that. Like you have to go somewhere like Manhattan or like Paris. And what do I mean by top that? I mean just the, the, the eclecticness of it, the walking score. Like San Francisco is just a 100% in its walking score. You're familiar with that term? And you yeah. go somewhere like Cleveland and you're like, this isn't even really a city. It's like one of those really tired Indian casinos or, or, or not even, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or Philly there or, or Atlanta. Atlanta is such a shithole. Like in terms of just enjoyment of just like, the eclecticness of it. There's nothing like uh, if, if you're in San Francisco, one minute you could be going to a specialty whiskey place, and then the next minute you could be going to a place that just sells like rulers and, co- and pencils and and, and contract uh, protractors. I mean, they're just. And then next door is a place that just sells pesto pizza. You know what I mean? I mean, they were just these the variety and the closeness, and uh, it, it's it's like an amusement park, right? As opposed to these other cities, they're like, yeah, you think they're big cities, but they just don't live up to it. If you once you've been somewhere like San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, uh, Manhattan, um, and in LA, kind of the LA kind of never got got off the ground with it either. But uh, I just saw, and I'll talk about this tomorrow on my live call-in show. It's crazy. There is a North. There's two Nordstroms in San Francisco, and there's a main Nordstroms. And as odd as it might sound, it's in this like epicenter of this mall. But even though it's a Nordstrom's and it's a mall, it still has flavor. You know what I mean? It's still like 
it's still cool. It's not sellout. And this Nordstrom's has no doors to it, meaning it's just it's five stories of the top of this mall and it's completely open. So like when they close, they just have to close the whole top five stories. It doesn't have doors. You feeling me on this? And that Nordstrom's is closing down. And the implications and what that signifies that Nordstrom's in this fucking mall is closing down. I don't know. I, Chicago was cool when I was there, I, but but I don't I don't know what happened to it. But there were some little cool neighborhoods that I was in in Chicago that were kind of like the Soho. But I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure about Chicago, uh, Rosie. But these other cities, they're just they're not even really cities. Um, I, I bet uh, Barry, I've been to uh, uh, I, I've been everywhere. I'm done. I've been everywhere. I've been to all the states, all the cities, all the countries, all the continents. I, I've been everywhere. And, and it's, it's just crazy. San Francisco is done. And I was reading the article about why it's closing. And it's, it's, I mean, it's just, yeah, you go woke, you go broke. They just got, you can't get into the fucking Nordstrom's because there's so many fucking, the fentanyl crisis is just, it's crazy. I just can't believe it's happening to San Francisco. It's, it's like, it's done. It's over. It's crazy. Uh, they, they won't just flat out say it's because the cops aren't doing their job. Well, because they, they're scared. Defund the police, close the north. It's just crazy. Anyway, it's a it's a hell of a signifier. Meanwhile, my city's flourishing just uh, ninety miles south of San Francisco. Uh, Mike Sauer, a four ninety nine. I haven't caught a live in a while, but here we are, the DPTG with Brian Friend. Good evening, everyone. Let's get hyped for some Dick Golf. Dick Golf is my favorite. Don't forget, Caleb's here too. Seymour Beaver. That's uh was Haley's uh Haley wanted me to make sure uh that you that you were open to uh Seymour Beaver. That would be spelled S E Y M O R E Seymour Beaver. That's a good I'll put that on the baby name list. I'll let, yeah, cool. I'll let the wife know. Thank you. I don't be a pussy. Edgar. Don't be a pussy like your parents, Caleb, and and, and let a good name go to waste. Good last name go to waste. Oh, Caleb yeah. Beaver. Lean, lean into it a little bit, you know. Lean, lean into it, it Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, I I caught one of my I walked into the, my my boys don't even watch TV like hardly at all, like 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 a little bit on Friday and Saturday nights, and they have a Wonder Woman doll. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I walked in the room and they were taking turns. They had Wonder Woman's legs open and they were taking turns smelling it. I just walked by and looked at them. And they looked at me. They were smelling. Dude, yeah. Oh my god! Well, there was oh, some sh- somewhat uh, big news in the disc golf world today. My um, oh, disc golf show. Shit, my mouse stopped working. Does anyone else have kids that smell Wonder Woman's crotch? Shit, my mouse stopped working. Uh, Caleb's wife has COVID. You heard it here first. I think we both did. Or there's someone underneath Brian's table. Damn it! I can't. Uh... Uh, what what that um that uh uh hey you think Rich Froning's gonna get a pro disc golfer on his fucking podcast? We can't get one. I bet you Rich could DM one of those guys and get him in a second, just to rub it in our face. Uh, I don't really give a fuck about disc golf, but that douche Sevon who's trolling my account. Um, this is just to show him up. Um, how quick would you jump Rich, ship if Rich was he, like, uh, he Brian, would you like to do a podcast today? What? 
He invited me on his podcast. I, I'm sure he did. <laughs> hey, uh, um, would you, uh, uh, Ken, Kenneth Delap, normal boy stuff. Okay. Um, hi, Trish. What's up, girl? Uh, would you, um, let, let's say Rich were to call you up and be like, hey, uh, Brian, uh, you know, we really like that disc golf show uh, you're doing over there. What, what do you think about bringing that over here to the uh, Mayhem Empire? Can we get to the topic faster than eight minutes into the conversation? <laughs> Are you going to talk about Trice's interest in super Superwoman's crotch? What if it was Wonder Man? Is there? There's a Superwoman. Is there a Wonder Man? I think it's just Ken. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my good. Uh, Brian looks awfully uh, yummy in that cream coffee shirt. Oh, these are these. Um, I think he looks these paper street too. coffee sheets are our shirts are super comfortable. So I, I often wear it in the evening after I've showered. I um I gave mine away to the uh, jujitsu instructor, and it's like becoming like his favorite shirt. So whenever I go <clears> in there, whenever he comes over, he's got it on because it is so soft, right? I gave my be friendly hoodie away to the competition director in Dubai, and I still have not been able to get another one in. I'm missing it. We can relate. It's because they can't keep them in stock over there at Sherpa Works. See that plug? Bushy Beaver. Now, Samantha, don't be crass. There's no one named Bushy. That's completely outlandish. It's a little excessive, Samantha. Samantha. Jonesboro front nine, final round, and the back nine. Just one round today, people, with what Brian friends tells me are two uh, pretty damn good uh, Frisbee golfers, Calvin Heimberg and Eagle McMahon speaking about great names. Yeah. So this is a three round tournament, but we're only going to watch the last round. They play the same course, same layout, all three rounds. This is not, it's not the most challenging course that the play on tour unless it's windy. And when it's windy there, which it almost always is, this course is an entirely different beast. During what? Nothing. I'm just holding up this to like. I feel like if I hold this up during the show, it will make people like you more and me more. Go ahead. I, oh, I thought you windy were, course. You're talking about a windy course. Yeah, I thought you were trying to get the um, subliminal. It's subliminal. The HWPO guy to come on. <laughs> Who's that? Um, the strong man. World's strongest gay. <laughs> I am. I would love to have him on. Actually, world's strongest gay. I thought hey, my maybe son since we spoke about that this morning. You acquired this prop yeah. this afternoon. Yes, right. Thank you. The gaze have hijacked the rainbow. Damn it. Okay. Anyway. Windy course. Yeah. Crazy windy course. But, it's so windy wait, that wait, the wait, cameras wait. are having trouble holding the trees. And that's normal there. It was 20 to 30 miles throughout the day. The first two days, zero wind. No wind. So when we're looking at the total scores that these players have coming into the day and then their performance on the final day, it's it is a total it's it's if you've ever played disc golf playing disc golf with no wind is fun for almost everyone playing disc golf with extreme wind is not fun for almost anyone it is a uh, totally different sport and experience and i wouldn't recommend amateurs going out there and playing on super windy days because you're going to be frustrated the discs aren't going to do what you think they do you're going to lose them and it's it's just frustrating you'll see as we go through that, throughout this coverage that even for the best in the world, if you're 20 feet away from the basket and there's 30 mile an hour wind, there's it's a it's a challenging putt. Sometimes from 10 feet away, they still don't know if they're going to make it and they have to take their time 
and sometimes you'll see just some crazy stuff in the wind. However, like, yeah, say miserable experience playing um, uh, in the wind, any kind of frisbee, any time of any type of disc golf. Yeah, it's like the opposite of flying a kite. Yes, uh, I would like to just quickly. Um, impromptu uh bring up uh, calvin heinberg's uh instagram account so you can just check him out really quick get a little more intimate with him wait wait no? don't do that don't do that no? oh, okay just in case he's posted anything since the tournament that oh, could potentially oh. give away the results you see. may not want to do that if there are some of the better players in the world generally put up one post after the competition they usually don't do it the day of win lose or otherwise if they have a big following they'll they'll usually do that so maybe vet that before we put it up in case you want to have a little bit of drama. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at I'm looking at Eagle. I'm looking at his and Eagle McMahon's. Eagle McMahon does not have the post. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pull up Eagle McMahon's. I, I got a link in the uh, chat, uh, Mr. Beaver. And uh, let's get a, a close up look at this guy, uh, Brian. How good is he? Who is he in, in the CrossFit world? Who is he? Scott Panchik? <sighs> um. No, because he's won some majors. He's won some big time events. Pat Vellner? Uh, I would say he's, I would say, yeah, closer to Pat Vellner, where he's, you know, Pat Vellner's three time champion at Wadapalooza. Eagle McMahon was a European champion last year. He's won, you know, Disc Golf Pro Tour events. And basically, there have been, for the early part of his career, there was Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki. And Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki for a decade have been the two guys to beat in the sport. And then this young kid, Eagle McMahon out of Colorado, comes along. And basically, for it was like Paul and Ricky and Eagle. And then entered this guy, Calvin Heimberg. And last year, those are the only four players with a rating that was over 1,050. And for, I think, two or three tournaments in a row, these four guys were the final, were the top four guys on the last day of the lead card. And they earned the kind of nickname of the 1050 boys because they're the only guys that their average round of disc golf was 1050 or higher, which is insane right currently i believe that calvin heimberg is the top rated player in the world and his rating is only 1046 and he's been the best player throughout the entire season basically top three in, in every event except for one and, and 1046 last year all four of them were averaging above 1050 i know that doesn't mean a lot to, to everyone who's listening but for anyone who understands that rating system that is insane those guys last year were incredible and calvin this year, and Eagle, when he's been healthy, have had some rounds that are pushing back into that echelon. Um, uh, will you? There's a, a a toy that has his name on it, Eagle McMahon's name on it. It's called Sweet Kadamas. It's in his uh, Instagram. What a weird. So he did they um they sponsor him. He got a Eagle he, McMahon. Yeah, he has the. He always has this on his disc golf bag. It's like a game or you know a little pastime that he likes, and sometimes in tournaments. And this is this actually happened to me and my brother when we were playing this past weekend, either just at a regular course, you'll get to a hole where there's a backup and suddenly you might be in a rhythm and you might be in a groove and then you have to just sit there for 10, 20, 30 minutes and not and then and then when the course is ready, you get up and throw. And so this is something that I think he keeps in his bag for those times to kind of occupy his mind and be a distraction from, you know, just letting too many thoughts pile up about the tournament. And just so um, if you could uh, close that and go up a little bit higher on the left-hand side, about three columns down, you'll actually see a video of him uh, playing with his Katama. No, a little bit higher, a little bit higher, sorry. Although that one might be good too. Uh, a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit. There it is, there it is. Here we go. Zzz. Wow, so he flipped, flipped the Katama, whatever that thing's called, Kandama. 
That's his putter, the rainmaker. Yeah. And I mean, this, you know, you have to keep him. He's one of the best putters in the world. His hand-eye coordination is insane. I've told you about his ability to throw left-handed backhands, you know, that are, he, they're good enough that he can do them in competitions. Um, so just an insanely talented guy when it comes to hand-eye stuff. How tall is he? I think he's about 6'3". Okay, big dude. Calvin's, I think, 6'5". All righty. Uh, very windy. Uh, uh, they uh, call oh. this... But it was yes. not windy on days one and two. And the, the, the day you sent me was crazy windy. Yeah, but I want people to, to know that the previous two days were not. And those are the scores we're going to see on the last day are much, much worse than the scores from the first two days. Okay. But there were some really cool things that happened on the first two days that I just wanted to preface this with, if that's okay with you. Uh, Eric Weiss, uh, the 1050 boys uh, sounds like a tough crew. Um, this course here at the, uh, the Jonesboro course is in Arkansas. It is considered the second best course in the entire state of Arkansas home of, I believe also, uh, Bryce Mitchell, a UFC fighter, uh, extraordinaire, uh, who thinks the earth is flat. It is the 98th best course on planet earth, according to some rating system that the boys were talking about. And it's about 10,000 feet, 9,995 feet of T to hole in 18 holes. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they measure that. You think that's with the direct, direct, like just like as the crow flies? Depends on the line. Depends on the, you know, the, the hole. Like if it's, uh, you know, if there's, if it's, what if you can't see the basket from the to tee? the right, then you yeah. might measure to like the middle of the fairway and then from the fairway to the basket and add those two things together. I'm not entirely sure on holes like that, how they measure it actually. Um, uh, Sevi, get a flat earther on soon. I had a flat, we had that guy, Brett Stephenson on. Uh, he was fantastic. Uh, sober as fuck. That was fun. I enjoyed the conversation. There is a movie about the earth being flat. I, uh, that was just made can't release this year. And I have the director coming on in a few months. I wouldn't want anyone to think that, um, I'm getting lazy. Calvin got a haircut. You may not recognize him from the other shows. Uh, we will get more into that later. Uh, but let's for now, just jump right onto the course. Whole one. No final, final, final. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to set please. up. The first round, the, the pairings are random. For this tournament, Eagle and Calvin were paired together in round one on the feature card. So if you did want to watch the entire tournament, you could watch them on day one, randomly playing together. They trade blows throughout the day, and they come to the end of the day. They both shot. The, the, the previous best score on the day had been 12 under par. Both of them shoot 13 under par, so they're the co-leaders going into round two. I, think, I call bullshit on their randomly put together. Well, it's not entirely random. They choose good players to be on the feature card, but but there was no, you know, it wasn't because of anything performance based in this tournament. Okay, so may- maybe the, the the director's like, hey, these are the two best guys. I'm going to put them on. Well, I Calvin's like the defending champion from last year, so he automatically okay. gets a spot on it. They had Kevin Jones on the card, who's the best player to ever come out of Arkansas, and then they had uh, Eagle McMahon, and I can't remember who else was on that card, but another, it was another good player, um, Isaac Robinson, I think. Maybe Isaac Robinson. Anyway, how did Isaac end up doing? If, for those of you who don't remember, Isaac was the winner from last week, who had a, an incredible uh, showing. Incredible. Well, I will ask me that at the end of the show. Okay, uh, sounds good. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Caleb, Caleb's son from the future, Eaton Beaver. Great to see Sevon, Caleb, and Brian back in the sack together. Well, thank you. Round two. Round two. Now they're the leaders of the tournament, so they're obviously playing on the last card, the lead card. In the meantime, there's a guy named James Conrad 
who shot 17 under par in round two. Fifteen birdies, one eagle, two two pars, and so he's scorching the course. And he posts a score of twenty five under par. He's you know eight under on the first day, five strokes behind. Shoots seventeen under, which is insane. And um, he does eleven better on the second day. Holy shit! Yeah, you have a black refrigerator. <laughs> There's no refrigerator over there. Oh, there was something, something black. Anyway, sorry about that. Um. Once again, Calvin and Eagle are trading blows throughout the day. And come the end of the day, they both shoot 13 under again. So now they've played 36 holes together. They've shot 13 under each on both days. And they're the co-leaders once again going into the final day at 26 under par. James Conrad's one struck by. Yeah, James, uh, incredible player. The wind is crazy. I should have chosen a few shots that just show the wind, uh, the, the trees, and uh, maybe the audio of it because a few times you can really get that, but pay attention to that. Um, you'll see the trees and shit uh, blowing around. Uh, Robbie Myers direct all Jonesboro to me. I lives here. Jonesboro questions direct. He oh, lives, Jones. Oh, okay. Jonesboro. Arkansas. Okay. You read, you read um, grammar better than I do. My, my sister the other day, I, I do this thing where I say to people, Oh, does that person talk good? Like, let's say you were to suggest to me, Hey, you should have, um, uh, uh, Kaike, uh, you remember, you know, that guy, the CrossFitter, you should have Kaike on the show. And I would say, does he talk good? And my sister's like, that's not proper English. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's the point. That's why I say that. It's the irony of me not talking good by saying, does he talk good? And she was like correcting me on that shit today. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't get my joke. She's like, no. Oh shit. Scott Perkins. We almost saw Danielle Brandon. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Accord, uh, Cornholio, uh, 13 under just tells me the course is too easy for a professional. Are there tournaments where the leaders struggle to shoot par? Yes, there are Big tournaments question. where they struggle to shoot par. It's usually not because the course is, is so hard that they can't get a birdie, but it's because of the, the difficulty of the course combined with the conditions. And, you know, keep in mind that, you know, these are like the range of scores in these tournaments from the top players in the tournament to the bottom player is often like 40 shots. So the winners might be somewhere around 30 under par and the last place players might be something like 10 over par. It's an exponential scale. And the, and the guys at the top of the sport, there are more of them than there have ever been, but they are so good. And if you continue to push the level of the course to only challenge those players, then you're going to have a smaller field of people that can really even play the course. It's to me, I think of it similar. And there are conversations, by the way, of making the basket smaller as, a, as an opportunity to you know, de- decrease some of the below par scoring um, or prevent it. But uh, I kind of think of it as the conversations that people have about the NBA. Like for decades now, I've heard this thing. Are they going to make the basket 11 feet? Are they going to put make the court wider because the players are gotten bigger? Are they going to expand the three point line, which I think they did at one point by a little bit. But it's like, you know, changes like that take time and don't happen quickly. So. I do think that the course designers in general are aware of how good the players are and are trying to make more and more challenging courses, but there does need to be some kind of a, you know, within reason, um, especially when you're trying to have, you know, big events like this, there are small events that, you know, that only the certain players qualify for. And if you're talking about the best 30 in the world, maybe it'd be an opportunity to try some things out. I have no interest in the baskets being smaller from just a little bit I've seen so far. It, they're fine. I agree. 
And we can get into that. We'll see some shots today that kind of explain why. Uh, Todd Meyer, Sevon, you tried getting any of the players you're covering on the podcast? Yes, I've tried many, and it's only a matter of time before one of them gets desperate and cracks. It's the middle of the season, so I'm guessing maybe that's why they're not doing podcasts. I'm not sure what's going on. I haven't got a response for one of these fucking ding-dongs. But there was a uh, a professional fighter, Ty Emery, that I've been trying to get on now for a couple months. After she won a match, she lifted up her shirt and she flashed her titties, and uh, she's coming on the show in a couple weeks. So did you know that, uh, Caleb? Did you see that? I saw it pop up. Yeah, pretty cool. I didn't realize that's what she did, so that's super exciting. Yeah, and she's a great fighter. Flash Beaver? Uh, no, not Flash Beaver. Flash Titties. Oh. Maybe and... she will after the show. Maybe she'll just no, no, I was saying it could be, a, could be a possible name if he's a little bit Oh, more. Flash oh, Beaver. Yes, that, nice. that works. Damn, that's, that's works. good. That's yeah. good. I, you didn't get my a... joke, Seven? No, I didn't, but I do now. I needed some things explained to you. I didn't even understand that question mark meant Something questions. you and your sister have in common. Not, right. <laughs> not getting jokes. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and I don't know if you guys saw today, uh, Patrick bed, David, who was a guest on this show, uh, offered, uh, Tucker Carlson, a five year, $100 million contract to be a permanent fixture over at Valuetainment. Wow. Okay. We'll talk about that tomorrow also. Uh, okay. I did speak to someone today who knows someone who works for the PDGA and has the potential to get me in touch with him. Oh, with Patrick bet, David. No, PDGA, Professional Disc Golf Association. Yeah, so we hey, made- we'll take anyone at this time. We'll take the guy who got hit in the head with the Frisbee. We'll take a fucking, <laughs> like a guy who waves the flag and says OB. Any, we'll take a, 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 an interview with the only girl that's ever actually attended one of these events, if there is one. Um, like, we'll take fucking anybody. You know what I should try to do? I should try to get one of the um, uh, owners of one of these companies. I didn't think of that. Like the owner of Anova or Discraft, the CEO. Oh, shit. Hey, are any is Discraft widely traded? Fascinating, fascinating video on Innova today. Oh, send that to me. I will. I will. Uh, Kenneth Delap, Sevon says titties, and everyone perks up. I was explaining to my kids. Sorry, Brian. I was explaining to my kids uh, yesterday. They were asked for coconut milk, and I said, "Never say that again." And they said, "Why?" I said, "Call it coconut juice, coconut water, never coconut milk." They said, "Mom calls it coconut milk." I said, "Milk only comes from titties." That's what milk is. That's what makes milk milk. Comes from rat titties, cow titties, women titties. There's no such thing as coconut fucking milk. Or or yeah, nut juice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> nut juice is great. <laughs> Although, oh, I don't know, Rosie. I'm gonna have to like get but let's bring that up tomorrow. That's a, you've opened up a can of worms. But yeah, it's t- it's titty juice. You could do titty juice or milk, but um don't tell me oat oat milk. Go fuck yourself. Almond milk, almond water frisbee milk so i'm trying to bring it back to the show you see that brian great great transition (laughs) okay hey you guys this is really going to be good by the way this is basically what you're going to see is the it's it's the final 18 and these fucking guys are going to go to war and uh it's basically calvin heinberg the guy who's uh currently uh you know the the greatest on the tour and then the guy who's probably if you looked at the last two or three years you could argue he's been the greatest on the tour Uh, i think brian didn't you say this guy's coming back from an injury or, or switching discs or both uh, no, Eagle McMahon last year missed a majority of the season with an elbow injury, and he is was prior to that famous for his forehand. Now he almost o- never throws forehands. He's working them in a little by little, but at this point, if you see him throw a forehand, it still is like uh, kind of a shock to the system because he's been avoiding it so much. There's a request to see my titties in the chat. That's a first. I feel like uh, we should commemorate this. Just look the way they move in my shirt. 
All right. Uh, okay. They are going to go to war. Here we go. I tried to make this tight for you, Brian. Thank you. This is the second time Brian's had to make a major adjustment adjustment in the instructions uh, given to me prior to the show. Uh, last week, he tried to adjust them, and I made it worse. Let's see. I, I'm feeling confident this week. Here we go. Hole one, uh, Jonesboro, uh, the battle between Eagle McMahon and Calvin Heimberg. Same Parth. Par three for Calvin. Yeah. Par, par three, 470 feet. Uh, Calvin with the birdie putt on hole one. Yeah, it's actually it's a really cool tee shot. I'm disappointed you didn't select any of the tee shots. Oh, my God. We're off to a rough start. Fuck, I feel my temperature rising. Did just, you go back to the like, tee? Like, yeah, this is fine. It's, it's Corey Ellis who's throwing, which is okay. But it's just a cool shot. I think this is a great way to start a tournament or a course. It's a straight, long shot. There's... Not out of bounds, but there are things on either side that, in terms of the woods that you don't want to hit. And these guys, of course, can throw this much distance and get it up there. The spot we saw Calvin in is the spot he was in on all three rounds. And as you heard the announcer say, he missed the putt short every time. Uh, good audible, uh, Mr. Beaver. Uh, Brian, so you saw him throw from the tee. And then where you see that lands, you see those orange things on the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's always a good sign, right? Those are the markers for circle one. And I think we talked about last year or last week that that for this tournament, because it's most of the uh, t the pins are in open locations, that we'll see those more clearly marked than in some of the other like wooded courses. So, so anytime you see that in the camera <clears throat> shot, you know that the guy's close to the uh, to the basket, usually within thirty to sixty feet of the basket. Those are each thirty three feet away. Uh, okay, uh, six fifty four. Uh, we didn't get to see Eagle off the tee, but here he is going for a putt. It's a par three. Yeah, he's got an uphill putt, which is generally good, but you see the wind is kind of all over the place. <clears throat> and yeah. actually from the reverse angle, you'll see that this this is in the high left side of the chains. On days one and two, he had a lot of pet putts in the high left side of the chains that fell in. But on this one, the wind was blowing right to left, and it just pushes it out the other side. Hey, Caleb, what key is it that pushes it back just five seconds? Just the arrow keys. Left oh, right. I, I what in the J and the L key push it back ten seconds? No, you just like double like it's one arrow is just five seconds, another arrow is ten seconds. Shit. Okay. Just five second increments. Okay, because I'm uh, okay. Good to see. Okay, a uh, hole two. Uh, Eagle McMahon and Calvin Heinberg are tied for first place, both at minus twenty six. It's a par four, eight hundred and twenty feet. Uh, Calvin and Eagle did fantastic off the tee. <laughs> Uh, Brian, got a question for you. How do they decide who who goes first? The order um, for every hole. Uh, for oh, for, like off the tee. Yeah. So there's an order that's in, you know that's determined to start the round, which is based on their score coming into the round, and then after that, it's based on whoever did the best on the previous hole. And in the case that there's ties, they just keep going backwards to, until there was not a tie. So. If, if, if the starting order of T was seven, Brian, Caleb, and we all made par, then in hole two, it would still be seven, Brian, Caleb. But if on hole two, I made a birdie, then I would, and you guys both made par, then I would go to first. You would drop the second. Caleb would say third. And, and like CrossFit, you, I'm guessing, and we'll see if Brian corrects me, you do not want to go first. Ideally, you want to go last because you want to see the other guys uh, try different things, and then you want to decide what's best for you. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a catch 22 because you want to go first because that means you're doing the best. But if you have to go first, then you don't get to read the wind based on other players who have thrown. And particularly on a windy day like this, that's really critical. 
the flip side to that is if you go first and throw a great shot, then you're putting, and you're already the guy who's doing well, then you're putting pressure on the rest of your card. Uh, like I said, uh, hole two, Eagle and Calvin both have a, a tremendous shots off the tee. Here we are at 930 with Eagle McMahon taking his second shot on a par four, 820 feet. Yeah, pretty tough hole. Holes one and two, it's very rare to see anyone get birdie on both of these holes. If you can get birdie on either one of them, it's generally a good thing. In fact, on this day, I don't. I think there were only maybe two players that had a birdie on both, or three players. And that's a beautiful shot. Yep, very well done with the backhand there. Uh, and um, at 10, you'll see Calvin go for his uh, second shot. Do you like his haircut, by the way? I do. I do. Yeah, he's done this uh, a couple of times. Really, like, grow it out, and then I'll cut it back basically to this length. And even a better shot. And on a day like this, I mean, this is like if you can give yourself a handful of these, it just takes so much stress off the, the round as a whole. He's eight feet away. It's actually a tailwind, which is good. So this is like the least stressful putt you could ask for on a day like this. Uh, Ten forty-three. Eagle McMahon hole two for the birdie. Extremely windy. Yeah, and he obviously sees that his biggest competitor in Calvin is close there. He's quite a bit away. So he has to decide here, am I going to take the risk on this one or am I just going to lay it up, accept this, the stroke uh, that Calvin gains on me and move on to fight the next hole? Yeah, those leaves are they are moving now. That that wind is is becoming pretty influential in their sh shots. That <clears throat> so I don't think he was really trying to make it there. I just think he was accepting the par. And uh, Calvin ends up making the birdie, which takes him up by one stroke as we go into hole three. Calvin is minus 27. Eagle is minus 26. We go to a par three, 345 feet. Is a hole in one possible here, Brian? It's possible, but this is a, I mean, this is a tough shot, especially on a windy day. There's out of bounds left. There's space off to the right, but you don't want to flip it over too much. Um, and these guys aren't, I don't think anyone's really trying to ace this hole. You're just trying to get close. Uh, Calvin off the tee. Uh, the commentators were saying that it is um, uh, difficult to get out of bounds in this course uh, because it is a wide open course or, or, or the way it's designed. It's not common for a lot of OBs. Yeah, I would say this is one of the most threatening OBs on the entire course. And even so, you'll, you won't see too many players that are in there. Okay. Action. If we didn't do this show live, the video footage would be way better too, by the way. I mean, I'm glad we do do it live, but we, they wouldn't have any of that stuttering. Bam, uh, the disc hit the fence there, which is interesting. You think that would make it out of bounds, but it doesn't. The fence saves him. You have to throw it over the fence to be out of bounds. Yeah, there, I'm not sure if, the, if there's a line there or not, but I do. But he's in bounds. You see a stop sign there. There's a I think there was a, there. I actually think there's a line short of the, of the fence because when this happened, they have a reporter on the ground, and they said, his name's Brian, and they said, "Brian, can you tell if that's inbounds or not?" And he goes, "It's kind of buried in the in the leaves and everything, so I have to go get a closer look." But he, it ended up being inbounds. Uh, Twelve fifty, eagle off the tee. He's uh, down by one stroke. Seventeen throwing, holes. Going into a tough wind like this, you can you can play the footage here. There's like you throwing a flex shot, which is on a, an an angle that's going to force it to the right and then finish back to the left, is um, something that can eliminate the winds like the wind to a certain degree if you have the arm speed to do it eagle has one of the best arm speeds in all of the game so that's probably what he's going to do 
And you could you could uh, play it while he's talking to you, Caleb. I think that's what Brian said, right? Play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Caleb was focused on the. So you resolution. can see this is he's a super overstable disc. He forces it over on that angle that he was practicing in his hand. It fights out to the. It starts out to the right, but it fights back to the left, basically having a net straight effect, and he ends about circle's edge, 30, 30 feet away or so. So it's taken me five or six weeks to figure out that if it's a par three, that basically on the second shot, you want to see the pro going for a birdie, bare minimum. So here we are, Calvin's second shot at 1324, going for the birdie putt. He's up by one. He's up by one. Eagle's closer than in this time. So now he wants to see, okay, am I going to run this? What kind of pressure can I put on this guy? Thrown absolutely perfect. Yep. Can Calvin take advantage of the opportunity? Yes, he can. Great putt. Headwind. The wind is blowing in his face there. Very, very difficult to make that. And uh, so Calvin for the putt birdie. And now uh, Eagle, to, if he wants to stay just one behind, he has to make this putt at 13 uh, 35. He's going to have a little bit of a headwind crosswind putt here. He's He has a spin putt, which is very advantageous in the wind. And you can kind of see there, how he's just putting a lot of rotation on the disc and it's therefore it's able to kind of pierce through there on a much kind of purer line. Calvin's kind of pushing it. He's still pushing it aggressively, but it had that up and down trajectory. This one's just kind of spinning in there quickly. The problem with the spin putt is you're going to miss a lot left to right. So, you know, as I mentioned, when it comes to hand-eye coordination, Eagle is phenomenal. And so he can do that spin putt with a lot of rotation and still have a tremendous amount of accuracy. I, uh, that uh, hole three was a star frame. Everyone made a birdie. Yeah. See, I learned a new term. Uh, when everyone makes a birdie on the card, all four people, it becomes a star frame. A uh, Hole four, par four, 660 feet. Calvin leading by one over Eagle McMahon, uh, only 17, no, uh, three minus 18 is 15. Only 15 holes left before we crown the champion for the Jonesboro Classic. I don't know if it's called a classic. Is it a classic? No. Okay. So tricky tee shot here. The players have to decide what they want to do. This shot that Eagle throws, you won't see anyone else really throw this shot. I'm not entirely sure that he intended to throw this shot. The way point of the time that it skipped off the ground and what the disc did after that like i'm not sure you can really plan for that so i think he was trying to throw it on that same angle as the last hole and he got a little bit fortunate with the ground play but he ends up in basically a perfect spot is that is that the is that just the crowd back there or is that the t back there that we're looking at that's the that's a part of the crowd that's following this card but that's not the t straight back it is it, oh uh, yeah okay is. okay uh, 1630, uh, Calvin's already thrown off the tee. This is Calvin uh, Heimberg. There's friends call him Vinny. This is his second shot. <clears throat> what, wait, 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 what's that on the right there? Is that a downed astronaut? What is that? It looks like an astronaut on his knees. What is that? I think it's a cameraman. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, 1630, Calvin, second shot. He's not in the uh, best position here. Down. Not in the best position here. Had to try a shot that he, you know, wasn't hoping to, and he comes up pretty short of the green there. Calvin, up by one, goes for a putt after a second shot. Here we go. 
Uh, so, so this is for the birdie right here, right? Well, this is Eagle in the fairway. Uh, 1753. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, Caleb. 1705, Eagle, second shot. Sorry. Okay, so we saw Calvin's second shot. We saw Eagle's first shot. Now here, here's Eagle's second shot. Yeah, and we see just how much more open space he has, which is going to make this approach a lot easier. He throws a very overstable disc that wants to finish to the right, and it does, and he's about 15 feet away. Which is excellent, right? He's set up for the next yeah. shot to go in easy peasy, right? So that's two. It's a par four. So uh, McMahon is set up for a birdie. Mm-hmm. So now we know Eagle McMahon, if he gets a birdie, he's going to be able to stay one behind. Calvin, to keep the one-point lead, has to make this shot action. For aggressive mode. And... So perfect height, but a little bit off to the right. Elevated basket always makes things a little bit trickier because if you do miss, it's like, you know, you're missing at a higher elevation. So it's going to typically push further away and he's still going to have a little bit of work to do coming back. Uh, so uh, if, if Eagle McMahon makes this shot, it will be tied, which it looks like he is. Uh, Eaton Beaver. Uh, I wonder if the cameraman blocks the clock, which brings up a very good question. Are there actually any clocks around for these guys? Is there like a shoot clock? Like, does he see off to the side? I have three seconds. So there is a rule that you're only supposed to have 30 seconds once you address your disc, but there's no one that's keeping a time of that unless another player in the group or maybe two players ask for time to be kept on someone. So it's a gentleman's game until it's not. Yeah. And there are certainly players that take more than 30 seconds over their putts. And, you know, it's, it's a difficult, it's diff. I think it's a difficult spot for some of the players to be in. Um, I think if you're doing that regularly, you need to kind of, you know, figure it out. But sometimes there's moments that warrant it more than others, particularly windy day, particularly big putt, et cetera. Uh, Tim Brown, I, I apologize uh, for this uh, philosophical PSA. Tim Brown says all cameramen are clock blockers. Uh, Tim, uh, some people would say that all crows are black. And although no one has seen a white crow, no one has also seen all the crows. And so philosophically and logically speaking, that's a fallacy. And all cameramen are not clock blockers. It's just we don't know of any that aren't. But thank you, Tim, for the opportunity for me to show off how smart I am. Uh, 1850. Uh, oh, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, go back. Uh, go back. Sorry. Calvin's shots are back to back, Caleb. Sorry. I didn't give you two time codes. Go to 1753. And then something interesting. I, w- I, w- I want to say one more thing real quick here. Uh, Brian, something interesting about this tournament. Um, uh, this is Calvin, by the way, for the birdie. He shoots it and misses. And then he immediately shoots again. And he misses again. Did you see that putt just kind of rise and rise and keep rising there? Do you yeah. notice that? Yeah. So this is what happens into a headwind. If you just get the nose up angle a little bit, you see it didn't come out flat or nose down. It came up up, and the wind just gets under it and pushes it up. In a, in a lot of cases, people will aim low, like lower than the chains, and hope that it creeps over the, the, the rim and into the basket. In this case, he was aiming at the chains, and it elevates and hits the band and falls out. That takes balls doing that, aiming low, and then just in sort of gam- I don't know well, gambling's right, gambling on the wind. It does, but the alternative, I mean, Calvin is world-class, obviously. The alternative for someone like me is to risk the wind catching it and pushing it 30 feet deep and left. Okay. Whereas if I okay. aim low and the gamble doesn't pay off, it just hits the cage and falls two feet from the basket. 
Uh, Tim Brown, uh, we are all in our own uh, phases of learning in life. There is no need to apologize. I love you, my brother. Um, uh, so, so what we saw is we saw Calvin had to make that birdie to keep the, the lead. He didn't. Then we saw him shoot again for par. He didn't make it. So now he's one behind. And then and, and, and he's going to get a bogey on this and be two behind if uh, Eagle McMahon makes the birdie. Um, in all the other games that we've seen in all the other weeks, we I've always seen this rule followed. I haven't seen it broken once where the guy furthest from the basket always goes. But if you watch closely, it wasn't here. I thought we were going to see it here. You will see in this final round here, you will see some guys break that rule. And when you see it, uh, let's stop and ask Brian about it. Okay. Uh, Eagle uh, McMahon for the easy birdie uh, to take the lead over Calvin Heinberg. What, what would you say? 25 to 35 mile an hour. That's huge. 25 to 35 mile an hour winds. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's what I said. Like this course is designed for it to be windy and it doesn't. And if it's not, the pros are going to shred it. Like, like we saw in days one and two. Um, hole five Eagle is now one stroke ahead. Minus 28 Calvin and, minus 27 hole five par three, 495 feet. There are, I think there are four holes on this course that are notably more difficult than the rest when it comes to the ability to make a birdie. Hole five is the first one that we're going to come across. It's, um, and it's interesting coming into this day because uh, Eagle McMahon on days one and two threw a one angle hyzer out to the right side and almost hit the basket both days, tap in birdies. And that's like, it's birding this whole one time is insane to do it twice back to back with the same disc and the same shot. I mean, I guess there was no wind, but no one can throw that shot. No one, no one can throw that shot on one angle all the way there, except for him. And he did it twice in a row and got a birdie. So coming into this day, now there's the wind. And the question is, is he going to risk going for it again? And depending on what he does, because he has to go first, what's Calvin going to do? Is Eagle McMahon related to Ed McMahon? <laughs> all McMahons are related, just like all beavers are related. Uh, fair enough. Uh, okay, well said. Uh, hole five, par three, 495 feet. Uh, the Eagle is in the lead. 1950, Eagle. Uh, very, very interesting what happens here. Eagle off the tee does something bizarre, right? No, a lot of the players opt for this play on this hole. This is basically you're not risking going out of bounds. You're taking um, bogey out of the question in theory, and you're laying up, and then you're going to make an approach shot and take the easy par instead of risking a bogey. Like I said, in day one and two, he went for it both days, got it both days. He's playing conservative here. And, and Calvin sees that Eagle McMahon is conservative off the tee and is like, fuck that. I'm going hard. 2040. Calvin. He actually, off the tee. he was standing on the tee a moment before this with two discs trying to make his decision. He dropped one, picked up his driver, and decides to go for it. Yeah. Take that. He also had gone for it on both of the other days and gotten across. In this case, he hits the one tree in the middle of the fairway and goes out of bounds, and he's going to be punished for that. And listen, whoever designed this course, that's just jackassery. If you can see the basket like that and and if and it's off the tee and you're out of bounds, I, I don't agree. I don't agree, but okay. Uh, maybe I don't understand the sport yet. Uh, 2012 uh, Calvin. I don't know. I don't even understand my notes here. This is the drop zone. So if any tee shot goes out of bounds, you have to throw your third shot from here. Okay, explain that to me. Why is there a little carpet there? What do you mean? If it goes out of bounds anywhere, you go right to that spot? 
if your tee shot goes out of bounds, you then you throw from the drop zone with a penalty shot. So now he's throwing his third shot from here. And ba- wait that's a why second, said, you don't go, you don't, you don't go where the disc went out of bounds. It, there's different rules on different holes, and that's up. To, and all of these things that you're either confused or unhappy with are all up to the course designer. And keeping in mind the, the question and conversation that we had earlier about how good these players are and how difficult the courses should be. These are just elements of the course design that make that increase the challenge or don't. And, and that's why you see a lot of players laying up. And this hole is a little bit controversial because some players are like, well, wh- why do we have a hole design where 90% of the players are just throwing an easy pitch shot and easy upshot and taking part? Like that's pretty boring. What if we move the tee 30 feet closer, how many more players would go for it and how much more fun would that be? Wow. Okay, uh, for, for those of you who don't understand, he basically threw it out of bounds, and no matter where you throw it out of bounds, it takes it's like Candyland. You land on the square, it shoots you down the ladder, everyone goes to the same square. Is the drop zone normally closer or farther away than when they drive? Closer for sure, but how close is what varies. So in some cases, like this is a drop zone that's far enough away where, I mean, if, if, if one person, if every player threw a shot from here for the entire weekend, you might see two people make it. Like it's a very unlikely throw in, but sometimes they're only 60 feet away and now you have a legitimate chance to make it, but sometimes they're 60 feet away and downhill towards a lake. And then you have to decide, well, if I make this and go out of bounds again, now I'm looking at a double boat. But this, wait, wait, if this drop zone is further away than where the, where it went out of bounds, it's further away than when it went out of bounds, but it's a lot closer than where he teed off from. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that what you were asking, Caleb? Were you asking what I thought or what he thought from the T or from where it went out of bounds from where they end up throwing it? Like the drive, like if the, do they normally drive further than the drive than the drop zone? Oh, it. Uh, the, Did you say that depends? It can, yeah, it, it, depends. it depends. Okay, gotcha. Uh, okay, uh, let's take a little break for a little uh, trivial pursuit. It's this has been a lot of work doing this, um, uh, di- all this disc golf commentating, uh, trivia time. Howie Dewitt, uh, who is the only heterosexual disc golf player? I will be giving away three thousand dollars at the end of the show for the correct answer. Brian didn't like that. Hey, fuck you, Howie. Howie it just, uh, what? Is, is Howie fronting the 3000 Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, that was a horrible question. Let's, uh, Howie, can, can you do better? Oh, yes. Uh, are any disc golf coaches grooming their athletes? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, 20, uh, 2012, Calvin, after he throws out of bounds. So also, just so you know, when you throw out of bounds, you get an, an – you take on an extra point so he threw off the tee that's one out of bounds penalized one so this is actually his third stroke making it impossible for homeboy to get a par now correct improbable okay he'd have to make it in the basket right here for the birdie for the par for the par for the par yeah okay uh calvin heimberg for the par from the drop zone And not great. I mean, he would like to be at least twice as close as that. Are you kidding me? That's not great. Not from how close as he was. Not when he's when that's leaving him for a, with a putt for bogey. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Twenty-one thirty. Eagle was smart going for the conservative shot off the tee. Calvin not so smart. Uh, Eagle is uh, going for par and playing it safe. Let's see if uh, he still plays it safe. By the way, by the way, that's James Conrad in the yellow shorts over there with the long hair. And I mean, almost he almost he almost makes it from there. It's a very nice upshot, leaves it close, and like you said, easy par. Uh, twenty-one fifty, Calvin, 
for a bogey. This 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 is back to back bogeys for Calvin. If he makes this, it can only get worse. I see a lot of people. Well, you won't. This will be the last time you see it till next year. <laughs> but typically, yeah. And so after missing two putts on the previous hole, he bounces back. Even though it's for bogey, that's a very important putt for him to make. You know, and this is more or less what separates the the elite players from the rest of the players that are competing here. Is you know it's it's really unlikely that you're going to have a whole tournament without making any mistakes. And even within a round, you're likely to have, you know, a couple of miss, missed putts, a couple of mistakes. What you do after that, how you respond to those things is what, you know, this year has really separated Calvin from everyone else. Uh, it's a, a three-day tournament at the Jonesboro, one round each day. As Brian said the first two days, it was not windy, and Calvin Vinnie Heimberg had zero bogeys on day one or two. But to exemplify uh, what Brian was saying about how the wind can really fuck you up, especially 25 to 30-mile-an-hour winds, and that it's not fun to play in, we've seen the great Heimberg now get two bogeys back-to-back uh, -back after having the first two days with no bogeys. So let that be a lesson to you for those of you who want to judge a man who plays frisbee in the wind hole six eagle minus 28 calvin lost another point uh he's now minus 26 which makes him tied for second place and when i say tied i think it's like a 37 way tie mm -hmm. maybe three way tie or something yeah that's what i said three way uh three way tie for second place eagle all alone at minus 28 hole six par three 315 feet Eagle McMahon off the tee. Yeah, that was really stupid that I started the show not off the tee. Even if there's not a good tee shot, the first show should always be a tee shot. It, it, it just it sets the mood. I, I apologize for that. I should know better. It's been a while since I've directed a movie. And this is a I mean, so this is two things. One, that's a bad mistake. Two, this is an example of what you were talking about, where sometimes going first is disadvantageous. You know, this is an island hole. Obviously, you have to get it across the water and within the confines of that wall in order for it to be in bounds. He did not, so he's going to go to a drop zone here. And um, and actually, the second player who shot made the same mistake, and by the time the third player went and the fourth player went, they learned from that mistake and corrected it. Uh, Caleb, is disadvantageous a word? I already looked it up. Do you think it is or isn't? Brian just used the word disadvantageous. Yes. Yep, you're right. Fuck. I didn't think that was the word. I was getting ready to school, Brian. Uh, can you play that one more time? I want to show you guys something. You're going to see this little, he's throwing over a body of water and you're going to see that it's kind of cool. They got this little tiny narrow path, uh, that walks across the water. Uh, this is one of the cooler features I've seen. He throws it and then you're going to see it kind of going over that path. That's pretty cool, right? That little, uh, yeah, single track thing. with that ghetto piece of plywood covering like a muddy spot. You see that <laughs> fucking awesome. Okay, was, you know, and he was expecting that disc to finish to the left. It held really straight, and so, like I said, the players coming after him can learn from that. Uh, Eagle McMahon up by two, throws an out of bounds shot. So now, when next time he throws, it will be for par. Uh, Calvin Heimberg, uh, rumors had it chubbed up when he saw that go out of bounds. Here's Calvin off the tee. Can he take advantage? I believe he was third to throw on this hole. So he's already seen two players miss it to the right. And he's able to make the adjustment and basically a perfect shot. Yeah, he he, he sets it in. So Calvin gets the birdie. Uh, let us see. Uh, then uh, Eagle misses his next shot. So he misses par. So here we are, uh, Eagle's fourth shot uh, for bogey. I feel like this is 
you got to stick this. Yeah, in. this is one of those gimme. Oh <gasps> boy. Now that is so bad. Are you guys following what just happened? He had to make that to to to, to maintain first place. He's eight inches away from the basket. He puts. He's twelve feet away from the basket. Oh, what did I say? Eight inches. Oh, okay. Uh, twelve feet away from the basket. Oh, look! I see a girl. I see a girl in the audience. You guys see her? Holy shit! It's like where's Waldo? There's one, maybe two. Holy shit! Look, right they have to. Other. Look, they have to stay together. <laughs> Safety in numbers. <laughs> Holy shit! That's incredible. Look, she's already been attacked. Look at her jeans, Caleb. She's been attacked already. <laughs> like, never keep gonna... in mind that Calvin yeah. wasn't the only person. Uh, the Eagle also had no bogeys through the first two rounds. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So so here he goes from 12 feet, Eagle McMahon. Yeah, in. this is one of those gimme. <gasps> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, uh, so now we got a game on our hands. You guys see why this is so exciting? Robbie Myers, eight inches, twelve feet. That's a big difference. Okay, I apologize. I'm sorry. Um, we're going into hole seven, ladies and gentlemen. That means there's only seven. Uh, uh, what is it? Nine nine holes. Nine hole. Eleven. Eleven. Eleven holes left, including this hole. No. Eleven. We finished six holes. That's one third. Two-thirds remain, which is 12. Okay, 12. Uh, 12 holes left, and we are going neck and neck. All of a sudden, Heimberg is in first place again with minus 27. Eagle with minus 26. We're at hole 7, a par 4, 675 feet. Yep, second shot into the green here, and we see Eagle throwing a forehand. I told you that he used to be his like worldwide famous for his forehands. He doesn't throw them very often anymore. He is getting more and more comfortable with it, and when he needs to, he pulls it out, and obviously a great shot there. You think he feels pain when he throws that? I don't, I don't, think, I don't think he would throw it if he was feeling pain when he was throwing it, but I think he's very conscious of how many forehands he'll throw in competition. I wonder what in, in a day. Where do you think, do you think the discomfort is in the elbow or it's like something weird? It's like, it's, I think it's something weird. Do you know, has, has he talked about it? That's the kind of shit I'm interested in. What happened? Do you know what the, the nature, do you know, I'm sure I have. Do you know the nature of his injury? I think it was just from, from throwing a lot. Like you hyper know, extended or a bone spur or uh, tendonitis or maybe two years ago when I was, when I was the first summer that I was playing a lot of volume disc golf, I was definitely feeling it in my elbow. And I was thinking to myself, okay, well, I'm also doing a lot of dynamic gymnastics. I'm also doing a lot of barbell cycling and you know, I'm throwing a lot of shots. I'm taking a lot of putts. Like it's a lot of flexion and extension on the, on the same joint over and over again. But, th but now it doesn't, I don't feel that really at all. So I like, feel like I've, I've grown accustomed to it. So I'm not sure in his case. Uh, Eagle, uh, we just saw uh, off the, oh, that, wait, was that off the tee? No, that was his no. approach. Second shot. Okay, second shot. Uh, it's a par four, so he uh, he's set up for a birdie. Here's Calvin's second shot. Um, needs to stay close to the basket uh, to keep the lead. Yeah, decent shot. Not the best reaction off the ground, but definitely within a makeable range. Uh, twenty eight fifty four. 
um, Calvin putts to uh, maintain the lead. 28-54. Calvin makes this, now gets the Calvin birdie. Calvin has a chance. Has to go to the straddle putt get here. one stroke on the card. Or a nice putt. And so for Eagle to stay just one down, he needs to get the birdie, and he does. We go into hole eight. Calvin minus 28 alone in the uh, in the lead. Eagle minus 27 tied for second place with some other cats on the chase card. Uh, we're at a par three, 323 feet. This is a shorty. Calvin and off the tee. Really, this is really a forehand shot. So, you know, the wind obviously makes everything more difficult. But as you'll see here, the forehand plays very, very nicely for this one. Basically, you need to get out and around that bush. And the one mistake that you don't want to make is coming up early. Because if you're deep like this, at the very least, you can just lay it up and take it apart. But if you get caught up in those woods on the other side of the basket, things can get a lot more tricky. Hey, um, what does that tell you when um, the camera work is like that? Does that mean that that's a bad shot? Like, obviously, the cameraman's not standing there planning to have to do that fucked up shot. Where he points it down at his feet. Does that does that yeah, just I mean, tell he's you he's nearly that... sixty feet deep of the basket? So he's not expecting the you know play the best players in the world to be that far away from the basket. But it's a windy day. He's the first player off the tee, and once again, we know that sometimes that can be disadvantageous. Disadvantageous. New vocabulary word for you. Uh, Thirty-one. Uh, uh, I'm ready to take the SAT. Thirty-one oh five. Eagle off the tee, down by one. Par three, three hundred twenty-three feet. Throwing a forehand, second hole in a row. Very overstable disc here. And obviously, he's going to try to make the adjustment from Calvin. He's a little bit tight inside, but gets away with it. And he's much closer in a much better spot. And what do you mean um, uh, it's a very stable disc? Meaning it doesn't have any piercings. It hasn't dyed its hair purple. Mom and dad both are uh, married still. Um, what do you mean stable? When, when you're describing the stability of a disc, yeah. you're basically describing what it wants to do or its nature or its tendency. So if it's if a disc is stable, it wants to mostly stay flat. If it's overstable and you're throwing a, back, a right-handed backhand, it wants to pull to the left hard. If you're throwing a forehand, it wants to pull to the right hard. And understable is the opposite. Uh, I pulled up at a stoplight today, and Avi goes, hey. He was riding in the front seat coming home from jiu-jitsu. And he goes, hey. And I go, what? He goes, look at that guy. And I look over at the guy next to me in the car. And he's like, that guy has a piercing in his nose, his ear, his chin. I go, yeah, what else? He goes, his dashboard is covered with stuffed animals. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I think that boy has makeup on. I'm like, yep. And the guy's smiling in the car. You know what I mean? Like all happy and shit. And he's like, something's like. And then he looks over at Avi and he sees Avi staring at him and he gets all intimidated and shit or like weird. And Avi waves at him and he's like. And Avi goes, what's wrong with him? I go, he's unstable. He's on. So that was that. That's how we use the word uh, in my family. Okay, stable disc wants to go straight. Stable straight, overstable, under. That's that's gonna be so easy for me to remember. Uh, thank you, uh, Calvin. Off the tee does better. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Eagle off the tee does better than Calvin. He's down by one. He better do uh, better. Uh, they the commentator said uh, he parked the disc. What does that mean? He parked it basically it's inside the bullseye it's 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 a, it's a tap in and this is he's uh eagle oh, shot great here. you used another term to describe a term i don't know what the new term is bullseye to describe the term that i asked you about which is bulls in is 10 is the smaller circle of of red flags that's 10 feet away from the basket we've we've talked about okay. that before um well, what just, would make you think i could remember that 
You're one of the smartest guys we know. You, you just told us a few minutes oh, ago. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, um, okay. Uh, 32-10, Calvin for the putt. Now, Brian, explain uh, to us, is he trying? Is he not trying? Why wouldn't he try? I would not be trying to make this because I think that there's a, a much higher percentage chance that I would take a four than a two if I tried to make it. Calvin might have other things in mind because he's one of the best circle two putters in the world. Okay. Uh, here we go. Maintains that. No, no, not. doesn't want anything to do with that. Look at the, look at the trees back there. Yeah. You want to see what, what we're talking about? And you said, you can see some of these shots. Look at that. And so even the best in the world is saying, I'm happy. I'm happy laying this up, taking a three and going to the next hole. Uh, okay, so Calvin goes, um, uh, doesn't even attempt the birdie uh, and just sets himself up for a par 32-18. Now, look, if Eagle gets this, he's already up by one. If he sinks this, he'll be up by two. Mm. No, this is to tie. Is this, down, this? Look in the top right. Helm, Heimberg's at minus 28. He's at minus 27, Putting for minus twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right. You're right. 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 Okay. Okay. So that's why Calvin's so confident. I apologize. Calvin's up by one, but he, but he's like, okay, I'm okay losing this point here, as opposed to taking and, and being tied, as opposed to taking the risk and uh, and losing the whole kit and caboodle. Okay. Here we go. Eagles got to make this oh, for this, the tie. That could be your disc. We have seen some epic rollaways here on eight. Eagle getting it. Uh, some of the worst video we've seen in this the Seven Podcast history. Uh, no one to blame here, especially Caleb Beaver. Have the second best internet, okay? <laughs> Are you hardwired in? Yeah. Oh damn, he's a boss. Uh, we should uh, do, let's do a check clock speeds. Who who's got faster, me or you? It's definitely not. But afterwards, let's see. Let's check everyone's internet speed afterwards. We have time. We can we can do it even live on the air. Well, that'd be good. Oh yeah, we could do it live on there. What is it? You go to net. What do you go to? Net? Uh, you can just Google it, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Calvin and Eagle tied at minus twenty-eight, hole nine, ladies and gentlemen. We're almost at the halfway point. Par four, seven hundred and fifty feet. Uh, Eagle and Calvin both off the tee did fine. Here we have Eagle going for his second shot. And this is the second of the four holes on the course that is that is very difficult to get a birdie on. Pretty good shot, pretty unfortunate roll away there. So it took him from probably 30 feet to about 55 feet. Uh, Calvin. Uh, look at, look at the guy on the right side of the – what is he doing? That's a mask. COVID, COVID. Oh, yeah. You know this safety. course is like 200 miles from the nearest airport? Hey, safety first. Hey, you want to know what's funny? They have this commercial that they play during uh, Frisbee golf shows, the Jomez Frisbee golf shows, and it says – I love Portland. It's like this montage of Portland shit and says, I love Portland. And every time I hear it, I start like twitching and shit. Like I have Tourette's. I was like, I want to be like, no one loves Portland. You dumb fuck. Nobody. Well, if, unless you're a fentanyl addict. So the uh, disc golf pro tour acquired Joe Mess pro today. No shit. That's the news you were talking about. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know what that's going to mean. I saw that there was a, a podcast talking about it, but it was way too, way longer than I had time to listen to today. What that tells me, what that tells me, oh, I'm going to be careful. I don't want to, I don't want to get, uh, Caleb, uh, Brian in trouble. I was going to use a simile that, that definitely I should not use. 
I would no simile coming. What that tells me is that those guys were putting in so much fucking work and it was so hard making these shows that they 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 tapped. There just wasn't money in it. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not so I don't know. I I don't know. I'll try to find out. These more, shows but... are fucking good, dude. Yeah, but it also could For be a tiny similar. sport. These it shows also are... could be similar to what's happening in the in the media landscape with CrossFit right right now, that which is that the organizing body maybe wants to take more control. Oh, but but do you would you ever think that CrossFit would buy um um uh, uh Charlie's company um Cowboy Dances? What's Charlie's Hamilton company? Road Productions? Hamilton Road Productions. Why? I always want to think there's a cowboy in there. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. So so would they? Do you, do you think CrossFit would ever buy? Uh, hey, well, even more importantly, I don't think Charlie would even consider selling it unless he was tapping, or the money was so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Okay, uh, Charlie uh, Doobie, by the way, I worked at CrossFit Inc. with him. Uh, he is the owner of the company that does all of the uh, productions for CrossFit. One of the classiest uh, dudes that I ever fucking worked with, by far. And that other – does Joe Novella still work there? He retired after the games last year. Oh, shit. I'll believe it when I see it. Another fucking one of the classiest dudes I ever worked with. A whole nine, no matter what they said about me. I could find out those guys hate me. I don't care. They're, they're the classiest dudes ever. Whole nine, uh, par four. I happen to know that they don't hate me. Okay, good, because I really like them. That makes me feel even better. Par four of 750 feet. Not just classy, just – anyway, that's for another we show. We talked about you last year at the games, the three of us. Oh, good. I love those guys. They, they were always, uh, they're gentlemen. We just I, got high and drunk around the the fire and told great Savon stories. God, I hope most of them I was naked. <laughs> Hole nine, par four, 750 feet. God, you got me all flustered. Um, uh, Here we go. This is Eagle's second shot. Uh, no, Calvin's second shot. I apologize. So that tree right there makes this yeah. hole really, really difficult. <clears throat> and a lot of the players are just going to try this line. There's a really small gap there underneath the tree that they're trying to come in on. If they don't get through there, then they're pro they know they're probably taking a four. Um, so that the, the design of the hole there is basically that that tree makes the entry to the green very difficult. And so a lot of players end up taking par on this hole. What do you think the <laughs> evolutionary explanation is for a tree that grows a branch that touches the ground? What, what's the point of that? I mean, I like it. It's beautiful. But like, what are you doing? Are you trying to entice creatures that are on the ground into your tree? Or are you trying, like, trying to set root in the ground? Like, what is that tree doing? It's for let's get a, a botanist. There's a, a tree like outside our house, and a snake climbed up it the other day while we were outside. And you watched. Yeah. So it was enticing snakes to go up there for some some sort of uh, per preservation mechanism. Okay, a uh, thirty-six twenty uh, long eagle putt. I don't know if that's uh, going for an eagle or if it's eagle doing it. Oh, shit. Okay. Listen, guys. I've never seen anyone go for a fucking eagle, let alone make one. This is not an, a putt for eagle. This is eagle with a long oh. putt for birdie. Oh, shit. All right. Never mind. Okay. Doesn't make it. Brian, what about the contrast of being – do you want to be in the shade shooting into the sun as opposed to being in the sun shooting into the shade in terms of like the dynamic range, what the eye can actually see? Like are there times when, when, when the basket's close to you but you're still having trouble seeing it because it's so fucking bright and the basket's under a tree and it's shaded? Um, Have you had that experience? 
Yes, but I don't. I haven't really thought about which one is is better. That was an easy question. You'd rather be uh, in the shade shooting into the sun. I was setting you up for success. Thirty-six uh, forty-five Calvin for the putt. Do you have to go? Who? That's, that's, yeah, you. Someone texts you. You got to go. We're almost done. Only seventeen more pages of left. Oh my God! Look at this. Yeah, so he got caught up in the tree. So even though he's kind of close, it's almost uh, impossible to make this putt, and he's just trying to get close enough to make sure he can get the par and move on to the back nine. Uh, so that is uh, Calvin and Eagle tied in the in the uh, in the in the front nine at, oh, at uh, tied at after round one, tied after round two, tied after the front nine of round three, and these guys have played every single hole together. Crazy. Um, Jeffrey uh, Birchfield, uh, Sevon, it's because it is trying to outgrow the upper canopy shade and it gets too heavy and lies on the ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's the mechanism. But do you think that that's a like? Is that a is that a flaw, or or what's what's the is that a benefit? But great uh, understanding of it. I like that. Oh, fair fair enough. Howie, even the tree hates disc golf. It's trying to block the discs. Fair enough. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. We are, we are uh, only nine holes left before we crown the champion for the Jonesboro Classic in Arkansas. Open, Jonesboro Open. Jonesboro Open, the second-best course in all of the great state of Arkansas, home of the uh, Bill Clinton Library, uh, brought to you by Coca-Cola. No, no, that's not a joke. That's true. Uh, hole 10, par 3, 360 feet. I think uh, all of the players ended up missing to the short side of the green here. Uh, uh, this summer, Monica Lewinsky's blue dress will be at the uh, Clinton Library in all of its glory under a blacklight. You, too, can uh, witness a piece of history. Eagle and Calvin, both bad off the tee. Shitty, shitty off the tee. This is Eagle's second shot. Yeah, and I mean, in a situation like this, if you see him just doing something like that, he's evaluated every angle, every possibility, every different disc in his bag, and this is what he's decided is the best possible outcome. He's basically put himself, I think, 15 to 20 feet away from the basket. And uh, as you see, he's holding one disc in his left hand, another disc in his right hand. And since they uh, practice like that, uh, many of the players, uh, when they're out on the court, uh, mimic that way they practice, and that's also the way they play. In this case, he, those discs might have been for some different shot options, and he wasn't sure, so he took he may have taken both with, with him, just, in, just depending on once he got into the position, which one he decided to use. Hey, is there some sort of rule how close your bag can be to you? Like, is or some your etiquette? Your bag. Like, why um, did not just bring the whole bag and put it like, or maybe it is right next to him and just out of the shot? Yeah, you could keep your bag closer by. I don't think there's any rule about that. Uh, Molly, uh, with the keen eye, uh, look at that hip flexibility. Yeah, that guy is uh, 6'3", 122 pounds also. <laughs> uh, okay, Calvin, uh, 305, his second shot also in a in a fucked up spot yep and you know no chance oh is this was that his shot yeah and i mean no chance to make it so again he's just trying to get as close as he can uh and then uh 320 uh eagle uh goes for par he knows that he has to make this to uh tie uh calvin yeah calvin's much closer so the pressure's on Eagle here. The good news is the wind is not blowing very strong at the moment. You can see the flag on top of the basket lying more, mostly still, so a little bit of a break there for him. Hole 11, Calvin and Eagle tied for minus 28, par 4, 560 feet. Now that makes me think that's, that's, a, that's a short par 4, 
right, Brian? Yeah, straight on a straight shot, they could throw it 560 feet. So there's some nuance to this hole that is the reason why it's a par four. Did you just get a bad text or something? No, why? Oh, okay, just checking, just checking. You you went from like an 11 to like a 10. I'm getting seven. tired. Okay. Like okay, a, it's okay. just from a long day. Yeah, okay, I understand. We only did one. We did one two-hour podcast today. This is not I did a 90-minute one with, uh, with someone else. Oh, no shit. You're With who? Is it live yet? No. Uh, so that was uh, Calvin off the tee. Uh, Eagle also threw off the tee, as everyone does, and he shit the bed. We won't be taking a look at that. Uh, six minutes, Calvin. Going for shot two on a par four, 560 feet, shot two. Yeah, so depending on where your tee shot is, this can be a pretty easy and routine upshot, or it can be quite difficult. Calvin is in a pretty good spot, and he's able to throw a, what's a you know, that's a pretty traditional forehand approach for him, and he's in, a, like you said, a good spot for a birdie. Uh, can you show that, uh, Bruce Wayne, I noticed his demeanor changed too. It was right after the text message. I'm not buying it. Um, uh, well, look at this again. Now, now pause this a second. Um, this is very Isaac Robinson-esque here. This is a scary Calvin Heimberg. Look how casual he is. Look at, look how casual he is. Maybe go back another five seconds. Look at, just, just chilling. There you are, just chilling. Nothing crazy. Mm, just a little winger. Mm. He's feeling it, right? Yeah, the only thing that's not Isaac Robinson-esque is the fact that he threw a forehand. We know Fair Isaac enough. throws almost exclusively backhands. Fair enough. I just mean that demeanor, right? They're just like, hey, yeah. just just throwing it up, throwing it. Uh, uh, Calvin with the incredible second shot. And then 809, Calvin for the birdie. Yeah, pretty close. Wind's blowing, but it's a tailwind, which is preferable to a headwind in this situation. And he... Makes good on it. A very well played hole. Uh, and how did Eagle do that? Uh, that hole. He made. He had a, a poor tee shot. Was out of position. Ended up taking par. Okay, so we go into this next hole, and Calvin's up by one. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Hole twelve. So now there's twelve. Seven holes left. Par, uh, hole twelve. Par four. Six hundred and fifty-five feet. 926, Calvin off the tee. Yeah, and um, this is not what he was trying to do. The disc gets away from him here and drifts off to the right, and it's going to basically put him out of position. The commentators will often say, uh, that guy got lucky, or wow, he had his lucky rabbit foot with him, and I don't really like that so much. I don't like it when they say so-and-so got lucky. And they said that on this hole, and me not likey-likey. So this is where Eagle's drive ended up. This is a great position to be in. This is where Calvin was on some of the other days. I think that Calvin's shot pushed through the tree line, and that's what they were saying is lucky. It could have hit the trees and fallen backwards. It could have hit the trees and fallen down. It could have missed everything and gone through. And when you throw it into a, a row of trees that you didn't intend to throw in and the disc is flying on an angle that you didn't expect it to fly on and it goes all the way through without hitting anything, what would you call that other than luck? I wouldn't call it luck. I don't know. What would you call it? Uh, years and years of skill have made it so even in these tough situations, Heimberg uh, still pulls it off. The power of Heimberg just pushed right through that bush. No one's buying, buying it here. Uh, Calvin off the tee. What happened? 11 4 Eagle, second shot. <laughs> 
Uh, Trish is ecstatic about the show. And if you can throw, if you're in a position where you can throw a backhand into the screen, it's uh, severely advantageous because the the hill slips away extremely dramatically afterwards, and the forehand can get up on edge and roll a lot more likely than the backhand. Uh, Calvin, eleven fifty putts for birdie. Uh, here's one. Here I saw these guys put out of order. Here, this is where I saw these guys put out of order. Okay, let's see it. Let's see it. Yeah, let's see it. Here we go. Eleven fifty. Calvin putting for birdie. And once again, I would not be trying to make this putt. He's not either. He's just trying to put it close. Because if you if you miss that and it goes deep, it can roll a hundred feet down that hill to the left. Uh, so Calvin get, uh, goes for birdie, gets in uh, distance for an easy par. Uh, Colin Dwiggins, uh, definitely European, nine ninety nine. Oh, but it's American money. Interesting. A seven on Brian Yall. Great. That's all I got. Oh, from the south. Hey. I didn't mean to take your last 10 bucks, but I will. And thank you. I appreciate it, Mr. Collins. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The show will be brought to you by California Hormones, Paper Street Coffee, BirthFit, and Manscaped. Although I do use these scissors to cut my pubes, as I told you this morning. Um, And uh, Greg Glassman will be joining me tomorrow. It's going to be fascinating. It'll be his second appearance in just a week. I wonder what is going on. Uh... Where are we? We are at uh, – what what hole are we on? 12? Hole 12. Thank you. Eagle McMahon attempting a birdie putt with Calvin close to the basket for par. Oh, thank you. You're paying attention. Okay, if he if he, if he he makes this, it's tied up. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's just crazy. Like one of the guys takes the lead. Even in the hole where Eagle took the lead by two strokes, then they had a three-shot swing on that hole. Eagle gets one back on the next hole, and it's – I mean, the whole tournament has been like this. Yeah, it's crazy. Calvin and Eagle tied at minus 29. Yeah, Caleb wants to see it again. Caleb's like, fuck that. Let's see it with some audio. But he is 100% in it. Like the chains. Hey, what's the etiquette with these two fucking ding-dong? Is that Conrad down there with his back to the net? Yeah, Conrad and he's talking to Coriolis. Those are the other two players on the card. All right. Uh, Okay, um... So tied at minus 29 as we go to hole 13, 353 feet. I think what James was saying to Corey, he's like, I know these guys are kind of pulling away from us here, but neither of them's won a world championship, and I have. Yeah, fair enough. They haven't neither. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. That shit ain't easy. Got to win a lot of – you got to do really well the whole so season. two right? options on this hole. Heinberg's going to win this year. Heinberg's going to win this year. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, obviously, straight off the tee – into the opening is the preferred line, but you have to get it left quickly. There's a hill that's fighting against that, and a lot of times you end up in the woods. On the left side, where there doesn't seem to be a lot of space, there's actually more space than there looks, and if you could throw a straight a straight shot through the gap, it's less li- a lot less likely to roll down the hill or end up in the woods. 14-17, Four, eagle off the tee. And both of the first two days, he went for the left gap, and missed it low. This time he went for the right gap and he missed it right. Oh, uh, I just got a, uh, okay. Okay. I just got a uh, text from my wife, flow beaver. Uh, she should have stuck with just Seymour beaver. That was good. Flow beaver, flow beaver. Oh, like flow from that show. Alice, you guys, you guys remember that show? Flo the diner show. Progressive commercial. Um, Okay. All right. Uh, 
Eagle off the tee. Uh, Calvin, uh, not uh, 1428 Calvin off the tee. Let's see what Brian Friend thinks about this from BeFriendlyFitness.com. So he's going for the narrow straight gap. He gets it through. It's on a little bit of a hyzer angle. He wants that to fly straight. He was a lot closer on the previous days. He's going to, looks like he's going to have about 50 feet. Uh, not a, not a good shot, right? Okay. Okay. Neither one of them are in great position here, but neither one of them are in a a really a position that's threatening a bogey either. Uh, 1533 Calvin for the putt. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. Once again, I would not be going, I would not be trying to make this. He does give it a little bit of an effort. Comes up a little low, which is a safe miss there. 12 inches low. Hmm. Probably more like 18. (laughs) 1545 Eagle. If he can make this, he will be in. <laughs> you guys, I'm trying to take this seriously. I'm trying to like use a commentator's voice and stuff. Don't do that. Stay in character. <laughs> uh, 1545. If Eagle can make this, he'll be in the lead. And um, when you're when there's trees in no, front 12 of you, inches too high and the other guy was 12 inches too low. OK, sorry. Yeah, trees, about nine no inches trees. high. bro. Okay. When the trees in front of you or whatever, that can be a problem when you're when you have to take your backswing and there's like a twig or a branch that's touching your arm. That's the time that I think it's really, really difficult, regardless of who you are, to get off your normal putting cadence. And as his practice strokes there, I could see that as he was doing that, it just didn't look like he had enough space. And therefore, I was I was uh, not surprised that he missed this one. Uh, 125.37, Brian uh, was telling us about practice strokes. Uh, that's a phenomenal clip for anyone uh, visually and audioly for anyone <laughs> who wants to grab that. Uh, once at 125, practice strokes, Brian Friend. I put that in your YouTube story. Okay. Uh, how could how does anyone not like to show? So that's a problem right there for uh, Eagle McMahon. Uh, what that does is that takes him uh, down. No, no, par par. No? par. Par par. Oh, okay. So he could have taken the lead there. He shit the bed. He could have taken. Calvin the lead took the lead by one on eleven. Eagle got the stroke back on twelve. Both of them par thirteen. So we're still even for, with five holes to play. Holy shit. Okay. Par for uh, Eagle. Par for Calvin. Uh, both of them uh, d- d- good shots. Um, both of them just inches away from taking the lead. Hole fourteen, ladies and gentlemen. Par three, five hundred and twenty feet. Now remember, just to kind of put that in perspective, we had a par four earlier at five hundred and sixty feet. This is a par three at five hundred and twenty feet, forty feet shorter, uh, but uh, one less stroke allowed. And we have Eagle off the tee with a replay. Yeah. Before we play this one, this is a downhill shot. Oh, I guess we're gonna play it anyway. That's fine. And this is the third hole on the course that's pretty difficult to get a birdie on. Uh, and there's a replay on this too, Caleb. So you can, um, you can, you can roll. Uh, difficult to get a birdie on. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's a very narrow gap that's far away, and there's out of bounds on the right and short. This shot is as good as it gets. You won't, you will not see any players in the world that can. There's a few that can throw this shot as good as him, but you will not see anyone throw a better shot than this on this hole. Now this is uh, this is a guy that Brian has let us know might be the best in the world playing right now. Definitely. There's an argument for it and uh, look where he puts it. That's 520 feet. And he throws it right to the fucking basket at crunch time. Uh, An unbelievable shot. Like I watched, I mean, 
I was watching this and I was like, damn. And I remember a couple of years ago on this whole Ricky Wysocki threw a shot like that under pressure. And I was like, this is the shot that's going to propel him to the victory in this tournament. And that's what I was thinking when I saw, saw Eagle do that. So this is a uh, put up or shut up. Calvin knows he's pretty much <clears throat> fucked. Let's see uh, how he answers Eagle's perfect throw off the tee. Calvin, 520 feet off the tee. And there's no player in the game that's better at throwing fast discs hard on a straight line than Calvin. Like he is built for shots like this. He thrives on shots like this, but to do it in the moment after your nearest competitor that you've been going blow for blow with for two and a half days plus at this point did it is, you know, it only amplifies anyone's like the caliber of the shot that anyone's throwing at that time. He's not quite as close as Eagle, but it, once again, this is one of the best shots you're ever going to see on, on this hole. And, and I, I think we get to see both of them together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. So Eagles is the yellow one. Calvin's is the green one. And we see a little bit different flight paths. Both of them ending up well with, you know, very gimme range, basically. Uh, Eric Utley, uh, this looks like a fun horse, uh, fun course. Uh, Got to watch for snakes. Uh, true. Did you hear any snake talk? Mm, I mean, I, not, I, I don't particularly remember from this weekend, but certainly they're in rural Arkansas. Like I'm sure there are snakes around. Uh, Sean M dropping some wisdom. Calvin is never fucked. Fair enough. Uh, uh, you win that argument. Uh, they both uh, get um, a birdie there, and we go into the 15th hole tied at minus 30. Here we go, people. Par 3, 270 feet. This is a shorty. Is this the shortest hole we've seen in, in, well, this five, is, in, five, in five of the five shows we've covered? I mean, not only is it the shortest hole that we've seen, it's the easiest, it's the easiest hole relative to par that we'll see the entire year. Okay. The average on this hole was like 2.2 and 2.22 strokes per uh, or strokes. So that's nearly eight, eight tenths of a stroke under par on the first two rounds. And there's no wind, but these are the two best players in the tournament. And on the first day, they both took par. And on the second day, Calvin got the birdie and Eagle got the par. And it's very, I mean, it's really, really unusual that you would have guys leading the tournament that are fail struggling to get a birdie on the easiest hole on the course. Alrighty, here we go. Eagle and uh, Calvin off the tee. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We are not going to see them off the tee. They both uh, they both throw off the tee, and they do not land in good places. So this is a 270-foot shot, and you can see that's how close Eagle McMahon got. Uh, here he is taking a second shot, so that's where it landed um, after he threw it off the tee. Here he goes, Eagle McMahon for birdie. Not even attempting to make it. Just lays it up for the par. And, and, and how do you know that? How, how do you know that? What, what do you see there that, may, that makes you know he didn't go for it? Uh, everything from his body language to the flight of the disc. Yeah. Just, just playing it absolutely safe. Yeah. There's no, I mean, there's, yeah, that was just an intentional layup. Okay. A uh, 22 32 Calvin for the putt. Now, if Calvin makes this, he's up. If he makes this, he's up. And he, he goes for it. it hits the basket and gets a nasty roll away. And that's the risk that Eagle didn't want to take. So once again, we saw on hole five, Eagle plays it safe. Calvin goes for it, gets punished. Hole See if 15, they give us a replay of that, uh, Beaver. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, hole 15, Eagle plays it safe. Calvin goes for it, gets punished. Okay, so they're not going to show us the replay. That's okay. But look, he took a shot that was closer than that, hit the, hit the bottom of the basket, that stand, and, 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 and rolled the fuck away. And, and we're at hole 15, and they're both tied minus 30. So if Calvin doesn't make this, Eagle goes up by one. 
Mm-hmm. Here we go. Gotta make it. Do or die. And oh, just, shit. Something happened. Something yeah. happened with his footing there. What happened there? Not sure. I mean, he looked, he was looking down. He clearly wasn't comfortable with it. And I mean, didn't, I think he's, he's trying to make this, but he didn't even have a chance. He stumbles on something and he looks at it, right? His foot gets stuck or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now uh, 23 32, Calvin for the bogey. Now he has to make this if he Stay wants to just one. be down by one. Yes. And I mean, if he even if he makes this, now he's played this this hole at even par for the tournament. You know, most players are playing at two or three strokes under par, and combined between the two of them, they played it at even par. I mean, it's really like it's a this is this hole played as a total anomaly compared to everything else that they did on the weekend. A uh, hole sixteen, eagle up by one. Only three holes left. Par five. Only par five on the course. Big time risk reward hole. The position of your tee shot is everything. If you're in a good position, eagle is within reach for these players. If you're out of position, you have to pitch up, which is what eagle is going to try to do. And it still should be a fairly attainable birdie. But there's a water, there's some OB, and there's a steep green. So there is a lot of there are a lot of factors that could contribute to higher scores as well. Before we watch Eagle throw this, what Eagle did off the tee is completely different than what Calvin did off the tee, right? Eagle just gave it a short shot off the tee to get better placement to the, to the edge of the water. Isn't that correct? Um, in my notes, it says, it says, what did Eagle do? Was he trying to get to the edge of the lake? 2647. This upshot here, he's not, he's so they've they're That's Calvin's disc just in front of him on the left side of the screen. Okay. He's in a little bit better position than Eagle. So neither of them are in an optimal position after one throw. They'd like to be further to the left where there's more opening, opening uh, towards the green over the water. Here, Eagle doesn't feel like he has any chance to get it over the water and inbounds, so he's going to try to lay up short of the water and then make his third shot across. Okay. So he's just trying to flip it around the corner. It comes up a little bit short. In fact, I think the announcer like literally goes, what was that? Like This just looks like a pretty bad shot, and he's not really in an optimal position from there um, to go across the water either. He might be able to, but it's not where he wanted to be. Okay, as opposed to so that's his second shot. As opposed to Calvin, who we're about to see. Um, oh no, sorry, sorry. Uh, now we're going to see. Uh, so Calvin throws it over the lake. By the way, we should so watch Calvin, Calvin shot. Why wouldn't we watch Calvin shot? Oh, I don't know. I just don't have it in there in the notes. We can. It's probably this. This is the shot right here. Yeah. So he's thirty feet further left. You can see that there's more open sky. He's going to try a shot here that's very difficult. It's an Anheuser. That's going to go from left to right with an overstable disc that will then finish back to the left, and he's going to try to land it inbounds on the other side of the lake. Here we go. Can't even see shit. Oh, there we go. It's a UFO. Decent. Yeah, I mean, decent, decent camera work there. Now, already on this hole coming into this day, Calvin has gone eagle-eagle including making a putt from a similar range, which is, as, as we're going to see when he attempts this one, is not a very safe putt to run. And and Eagle had gone birdie Eagle. So, you know, they're both playing it under par, but Calvin is Eagle Eagle coming into this round. What do you mean Eagle Eagle? They, they've gotten Eagles on this? Mm-hmm. 
Holy shit. Okay. This uh so so we're at hole 16. Eagle is winning by one stroke. But Calvin gets within striking range of the basket in two throws. And uh and, and we are about to see um Eagle go for his third shot. So here's Eagle's third shot, and we have not seen Calvin go for his third shot yet. No, and this is not, I mean, not a really good position. I was pretty nervous watching him throw this. Eagle McMahon, third shot, par five, hole 16, up by one stroke. And, I mean, that's just insane. Like, that is so good. From the bush. Gets it uh, right up on the basket. Now here, Calvin, 28-16. If he makes the eagle here at hole 16, he ties the game. Now, before we see it, what happens if he misses? Not good. I mean, and he, he, you know, he's already made a putt very similarly to this on this hole earlier in the tournament for an eagle. So he's got, he can draw on some confidence from that. We know already that he's playing a more aggressive style of disc golf than eagle. In all the situations where eagle's chosen to be conservative, Calvin's chose to run it. But yeah, if you miss here, the best case scenario is you miss low and it just drops. The worst case scenario is you airball everything and it goes into that forest and possibly even into the lake. How many feet is this? 60 feet? No, you can see the red state, the red flag there in front of him. I think this is more like four, probably like fifty feet. All righty, here we go, Calvin, Vinny, Heimberg, for the tie at hole sixteen. Oh my god, it's Just, like perfect, right? It's perfect. It's a perfect throw, right? Yeah, and he made a couple of those. Like I said, now he's made two of those. Just how flat it comes out of his hand. I mean. The confidence to be able to do that. And this is whoever said earlier in the comments, like Calvin's never fucked or whatever they said. Like he has proven this year that as like when the tournaments get tight, when it comes down the stretch, that his calm under pressure is uh, as good as anyone in the world. Incredible. What was the contest we were doing for $3,000? Oh, how we, how we front fronted three K for, um, if you can name the one heterosexual disc golfer. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Hole 17, par four, 660 feet. Listen, two holes left. It's tied minus 31. Heimberg, Eagle McMahon. Conrad in the back, smoking out of his chillum. Crying. 3107, Calvin with the second shot. He's 80 feet from the basket. It's a par four. Is he going to go for another fucking eagle? Um, he's not 80 feet from the basket here. He's well out of oh, position and oh, he has to throw a incredibly tight line through some trees here and hope that he ends up in a decent spot to try to salvage oh, a par. Oh, okay. Good, good attempt. Thank you. Look at this window he's aiming at. <laughs> I mean, and what it looks window? pretty casual. I don't see any fucking window. It looks it's pretty casual how he does it, but no, you can see it there. It's just the biggest area of sunlight is where he's aiming. Over here on the left side? Mm-hmm. Right Caleb's there. got it. Right down there? I shouldn't hold my wrist like that. What if it got stuck like that? Uh, look at, look at, look at uh, Trish writing in all caps. I know for a fact that Calvin fingered a girl at church camp. <laughs> now he's about 80 feet away from the pin. Uh, 32-22, Calvin for the monster putt. Monster putt. Is this for birdie or is this for par? You think my this notes is for happen? birdie? Okay, for birdie. We've seen them in this position many times. 
to take the lead. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is a little bit further than some of those other ones, but he gives it a hell of a bid. It's chain high. It's a little bit inside. And somehow he just gets it to stop there 20 feet from the basket. If I run this putt and miss it, I feel like it's going twice as far past. Yeah, uh, that's that's scary. He's tripping. He went for the win and he didn't get it. Eagle, 32-40 for the putt. Holy so, shit. And once again, he just opts for the conservative play and lays it up. And we see this contrast in, in approach. There's, they're still tied you know, with you know, one, one putt and one hole to go, but very different approach throughout the round, which I did find somewhat intriguing, and I wasn't necessarily expecting it. Hole 17, we won't show you. Take my word for it. They both get it in on their next throws for par. We go into hole 18. This is what you've been waiting for. An hour and 40 minutes into the show. Calvin and Eagle tied at minus 31 on a par four, 818 feet. And once again, you have two options off the tee here. Calvin's going to show us the straight line. And like we talked about earlier, this is right up his alley. So let's see how he does. Off the tee, Calvin, Vinny, Heimberg, a couple guys in the glowing green shirts in the background. And that's the gap right there. I mean, this this is the fourth hole of the four that I was talking about that it's very difficult to get a birdie on. Coming into this round, if I know that Eagle got a birdie in both rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the only player that did that. Calvin <clears throat> birdied it in round one, but parted in round two. So they've both played this hold extremely well. However, they play it very differently. Calvin threads the needle with a power drive straight up the middle. Eagle, like I mentioned on hole five, has this ability to throw massive spike hyzers on one angle farther than nearly anyone else, if not anyone else in the world. He's got a disc in his hand that's called a cloud breaker. He's exceptional with it. He's going to try to throw it high and right around the tree. He was successful with this method on both rounds one and rounds two. And let's see what happens. Uh, 34-58, Eagle off the tee. As Brian said, he got a birdie earlier in the day. One of the few players who was able to get a birdie on this hole. I don't know both rounds previously on previous days, but those days weren't windy and you can't really see it here. It is a little bit laggy, but even watching it on the thing, it's hard to see because he throws it so fast, so hard and so far and out and over the trees. And the disc is supposed to be flying on an angle the whole time. And it flips up and just pushes straight way farther than he would want it to. And he knows that on that angle, even with the power that he has, it's pretty unlikely that he's going to clear the distance on the, on the flight that it's going and then, you, I mean, you can see his face there when basically the spotter runs out and waves a red flag, and he realizes that, you know, barring a miracle, he's just lost this tournament to Calvin. Wow. Out of bounds, picks up an extra stroke. Let's see what he does. 36 eagle for his second shot, but his third stroke. And he's still way up here on the hill. So now he's with his third throw, he's trying to pitch into a position where he can possibly – get up and down for a bogey bogey's the best he can do from this position keep in mind that he and he and calvin are at 31 under par and then and everyone else is done with the tournament other than the two guys they're playing with who have fallen back a little bit and the next closest guy is three strokes behind them uh keep playing it caleb let's see if we can get the uh the news so that was his just so you know that was his second shot third but his third stroke Oh, that yeah, was his, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that one also went out of bounds. No. He, he oh. pitched it into a position. We'll, we'll see his next shot here in a second. Oh, okay. My bad. Oh, sorry. That was at 30. Okay, yeah, okay. 36-36, Eagle again. Sorry, Eagle goes again. So this is his fourth shot here. This is his fourth shot. Calvin still has not thrown his second shot. And the commentators are basically saying, 
They're not even sure it's possible to reach the green from here, but if there's anyone in the world who can do it, it's Eagle McMahon. And look at there's two girls in this shot. This is one of the only shots where it's where girls in almost in focus. Well, those are the girlfriends the of of Corey Ellis who, on the right, and the girlfriend of James Conrad on the left. Which are players. Nice. Hey, uh, so, sorry. Oh, can we pause this one second? Uh, this is a, a. I apologize, but for what I'm about to say, but it's vital for this joke. I have to say it for this joke. I'm really sorry. Uh, I never liked uh, how we do it in the comments. I never liked disc golf, but I drank three Bud Lights, and now for some reason I'm a huge fag. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. Um, uh, 36, uh, 36. Eagle McMahon trying. I mean, trying his best. 18th hole. He came into this hole tied. He could have been sitting on top of the podium. Jonesboro Classic. Out of bounds again. Two out of bounds in one hole. What do you think? He just came unglued? I mean, it was just the tee shot. Like when, Once the tee shot happened, I think that, you know, for him, uh, his expectations, his abilities, he's showing up to these tournaments with one goal in mind, and that's to win. And when you've played against the guy who's been the hottest on the tour all season long, like I said, they played each other in round one. They played each other in round two. Now you've played 53 or 54 holes. You're here with the chance. You're on a hole that you know that you've gone birdie birdie on. You have this shot that no one else in the world has. And you just, whether he misexecuted the throw or the wind was just too much for him to throw that on this day, he made a mistake. And, he, and, and the win, it, the chance to win slipped out of his hands. And I think, yeah, he spirals a little bit out of control here. You know, he has a few other strokes to play with, but honestly, he doesn't care at this point. He was here to win, and he knows he's not going to. But he doesn't want to take third. He wants to stay in second. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, of course, he would say that. But in the, in the moment, it's like, I'm either going to win or I'm going to lose. 37-11, uh, 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 Vinny going for his second shot. He's definitely chubbed up at this point. He knows he's won it. Yeah, I mean, he is in an incredibly good position here. This is actually a really, really difficult spot to even get into, but he's throwing a very conservative shot here, knowing that he has plenty of slack because of Eagles two out of bounds uh, throws already. Uh, Jamie uh, Latimer, a choke Zilla. Um, uh, Cornholio, uh, maybe he gagged. Uh, fair enough. Uh, semantics. Uh, Eagle McMahon. Is this 37-39? Trying to get to the hole. And Brian did explain to us last week that you can shoot out of order on the final hole in order to let the guy who won have the last shot so that everyone can uh, cheer him on, uh, celebrate his victory. Uh, Calvin for his third toss, 37-50. Just pitching it up close. Have a little tap in there for the win. Eagle, 38-28, sets it in. Look at the crowds walking up. They're holding the tape. They're, they're coming. It's like a, that's, it's like a witch hunt. Uh, and 38-39, Calvin, three times. Jones, Burrow, open. Champion. Takes yep. home the grand prize of $38.50. Man of the year. Calvin Humbert, folks. 
once yeah, again. You heard, you heard Jeremy Colling say it, say it there, man of the year. I mean, the, the, through the first third of the season, which is basically where they're at, he's been the best player, the most consistent player. He's got the most wins. He's got the highest rating. He's got the most tour points. He's come up big in the in the key moments. And, you know, obviously he's not going to win every tournament he shows up to, but he's certainly a threat at every tournament, every style course. He's the best player in the world right now. Hey, you know what's fascinating about these sports? Um, it, th- this is one thing right here, what Cornholio says. That's a lot of work just to choke on the last hole. But uh, tennis is like this and golf is like this. Uh, the, the, the winner loses a lot. So being a winner in those sports is like is like special. So for instance, uh, I I heard this stat the other day: the three greatest tennis tennis players of all time only won fifty five percent of their points. And, but and they and, win and, the I mean, big the points at the big moments. Well, yeah. All you have to do is figure out. You know, you may not like you know like just for a simple example and strategy with tennis, you may know that you're not better than someone uh, in the first first four hits of a rally. But statistically, every time it goes over six hits in a rally, your numbers are better. So what you have to do is just keep the dude. Don't try to use kill shots. Keep the dude in the game longer, and uh, and you'll win the game in the long run. I mean, there's a, there becomes these really layered. Um, and nuanced uh, strategies to these sports, but but mentally they're so fucking brutal. You're all alone. A uh, golf golf may and, and frisbee golf might even be crazier than tennis because in tennis you know if you're on the court you still have a chance to win. In golf you have to block out all the other noise because a guy could be up by five and there's no statistically you you, you ha- he has to fuck up for you to win no matter how good you play. I mean it, it's a head trip. Those don't those don't look like fun sports to me is what I'm saying. Well, and I'll say this about this course, because uh, I think they first started playing it as the Disc Golf Pro Tour in 2017. And the champions on this course in 2017 was Ricky Wysocki. 2018 was Ricky Wysocki. 2019 was Paul McBeth. 2020, Calvin Heimberg. 2021, Ricky Wysocki. 2022, Calvin Heimberg. 2023, Calvin Heimberg. So you're talking about a course that finds the best players. I told you Ricky and Paul have been the best players mm. for a decade. Mm. Eagle and Calvin are in that conversation now. Those are the two battling it out this year. But through from seven, 2017 to now, only Ricky, Paul, and Calvin have managed to win on this course. Ricky three times, Calvin three times, Paul one times. Last oh, that's year, interesting. It's the last, test. It's the test. And, and last year, Calvin beat Paul McBeth in a playoff. This year, he beat Eagle McMahon in essentially a playoff on the last hole. So it's and and you didn't. I'm surprised that you didn't catch on to this or mention it at all. But this call disc golf course is called the disc side of heaven which is a pretty cool nickname if you ask me yeah that is cool so god i hope bill and katie aren't listening dear bill and katie please turn the show off at this point like they'd watch this show is there are there cops outside your house no oh i saw a red light flash on you is that your uh, girlfriend signaling you to come to bed yeah we're you know you said 90 minutes we're 20 minutes late so i'm gonna have to make it up to her okay um this so this is this is by the way the, we didn't lose 20 minutes on a disc golf it was all that bullshit before it fair enough um uh so so this isn't the rogue this isn't the rogue fitness the rogue invitational this is the crossfit games course meaning the rogue invitational might crown someone uh, uh because of the the nature of the test that might not be the fittest this is not a study that I've done, really. I haven't I haven't gone and looked at all the past winners at, at all the courses, and some of the courses are a lot newer than this one. But when you look back at this one specifically, it will hold its weight against any other individual course in terms of the caliber of the champion that it produces, yes. You know what's interesting is uh, I bet you it doesn't – being a good CrossFitter probably translates to a lot of sports. 
uh, but probably not to frisbee golf. To being a good what? To be, uh, being a good CrossFitter probably translates oh. to being good at a lot of sports, but probably not to frisbee golf. The only thing that translates is probably the dedication, but uh, nothing else. Arrest my arrest my case. Accuracy. <laughs> uh, uh, tomorrow morning, um, live calling show. I suspect Greg will be calling in. You'd asked how Isaac Robinson did. Oh, how did Isaac Robinson do? Tied for second with Eagle McMahon and Ben Calloway. He shot on the last round. Eagle McMahon only shot two under after shooting thirteen under on the previous two rounds. Now he had one double bogey and one triple bogey. Calvin Heimberg only shot five under par that day. The best score on the course was Ben Calloway at nine under, and the second best was Isaac Robinson at eight under par. And both of those pushed those players into a tie for second place with Eagle. Awesome. Hey, you want to hear an interesting stat? Is uh, Before we got kicked off of YouTube for a week, we never had any viewers really on Twitter or Facebook or Twitch or, Rum, uh, or Rumble. Now we have all sorts of them. So that week that we were off of YouTube and people had to go to those other uh, places actually brought uh, was a net gain. The darkest part of the evening is just before. The sun rises before the light shines. Brian, thank you. Uh, do we have next week off or what's the deal? There's a week off and then they're heading out to the West Coast to a state called California for the OTB Open. Berkeley? Oh, I think it stands for only the best. It's a disc golf supplier. Oh, okay. And where is the uh, what city? Hmm. Let's find out. Are you uh, Jeffrey Birchfield? I wouldn't uh, say that, Sevon. Okay. Stockton. Um, oh, shit. Really? Mm -hmm. The Vato Classic? Swenson Park in Stockton, California. Holy May 12th shit. Through 14th. Uh, bring your concealed carry permit. <laughs> Holy shit. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you going to go? Uh, no. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. Why not? You could go. You could have fucking... a chance to go there and be like, hey, guys, I do a disc golf show. Come on up here on my podcast. Listen, <laughs> listen. I went there. I went there. Uh, I went there for a jiu-jitsu tournament with my kids. And actually, it was quite fun. Uh, but it is a uh, it is uh, it's G Gabe Subri, CrossFit uh, 209, home of uh, uh, Gabe Subri, CrossFit Games athlete. Uh, Garrett Fisher and Lauren Fisher got their starts there. Uh, incredible gym, uh, 50,000 uh, legitimate square feet. Uh, yeah, got the whole fucking indoor, you know, what's that green stuff called? Indoor, turf. outdoor turf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they got um, they, they got it going on. Ken Walters, uh, my son played some pro hockey games in Stockton, said no going out at night to eat. Nah, nah, not unless you're with the Diaz brothers. Uh, he could wear, please come on my podcast shirt and also could count how many females actually show up to watch. Fair enough. Just get some, collect some empirical, uh, data. Oh man. I would love it. If you just FaceTimed me and you were at the event, that'd be, that'd make my day. <laughs> uh, how we do it with the final word tonight. Uh, mom said I wouldn't amount to anything playing video games all day, but now I'm a champion disc golf hey, ask player. Greg, ask Greg to fly me out there. We'll go to the tournament together. I got nothing going on that weekend. Okay, fine. Yeah, Greg, please send your plane over and pick up uh, Brian. He's actually, uh, he's actually, uh, I think, driving out here. Oh, his plane's but, available. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, I will. Um, 
see you guys tomorrow morning uh, in uh, 11 hours, 10 hours and 31 minutes. Caleb, thank you. I hope you accept uh, name suggestions as payment. Uh, Matt Souza uh, letting me know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, stocked in Mexico. Fair enough. And I will talk to you guys all soon. Bye-bye.